0: Listen to Nerdwallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben
1: Garrett.
0: It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, Been on Twitter. And on with me, guest co-hosting today. Making a return to the podcast, the podcast he once originated when it was the Ole Miss Spirit podcast. Is sudo upadea? Hey, buddy,
2: what's up? Benjamin, how's it going, man? What are you up to right now, dude? Really, nothing, man. Getting getting ready for some uh, for some SEC media days here. Uh, as are you? Um, oh, I'm not going. You're not going. I'm not going either. I'm just saying, like, getting ready to see what happens. No one you know, cares like- about SEC media days anymore. Yeah, but listen, man, being in the being in the local TV business, you know, it's kind of like a dead period right now. Uh, there's not much content like we're just, you know, you store stuff up and you know how it goes. I, mean, I guess you're doing the same right now. Um, you store stuff up and you just wait for something to happen. So this is like one of those first events since the end of uh, basketball season that, you know, it's going to be exciting. There's a little buzz. I don't know. Will you be in the really? Liberty Bowl for Old Miss in Memphis? You're dang right, I'll be in the Liberty Bowl. I'll probably be sitting right next to you, Benjamin. Oh, I won't be there. What? Uh-uh. I won't be there. No. What are you talking about? How I won't can you be there. not come to the Liberty Bowl to watch Ole Miss beat Memphis? I cannot come by not
0: driving over there, not getting credentialed, and not sitting there and watching the game as a credentialed member of the media. How are you going to cover the game? Chuck and David Johnson will cover the game. I will be
2: the guy behind the desk back home. Man, the I'll spirit be- has really changed since I've left. Ben Garrett not going to an Ole Miss football game. That's that's big, man. I still watch it. I just won't be there in Memphis. No, I know. But, I mean, I remember when I was in school, you went to the Memphis game, and I stayed at home. You were the man behind the desk. I was. And, man, I was very happy you uh, you told me not to go because I was, I was a little upset when you were like, ah, they got like a rollover press box or something. There's too many credentialed media going to that game. And I was I'm like, not oh, upset at all not to be going to the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, well. Is Memphis yeah. going to be any good? They've got a lot of hype around them. Me personally, and this has nothing to do with me being an Ole Miss guy. It's just like, honestly, just being like a guy that watches college football, I think they have a lot to replace, and they're not going to be as good as everybody's making them seem. Like, I, I think they, they play a pretty easy schedule overall, and they're playing in the American Athletic Conference, so they're going to win some games. But, like, I've seen cotton Bowl projections for Memphis, and they just – they I don't know. I mean, they, they just lost some of their best uh, production or top talent on offense. Um they're going to have to replace their offensive line. Their quarterback still questions around if he has a big arm and if he can make all the throws uh, when you need him to. Because a year ago he couldn't. Um, so I don't know. I think their defense will be a little improved, but I just don't. I don't know, man. I, I think Ole Miss is going to win that game. And you know what I mean? Like people could say whatever they want about why my reasoning for that is, but I think Ole Miss is going to win that game. I'm getting a weird sense of deja vu. If you didn't know, Sudo, <laughs> oh goodness, not this story again.
0: Sudo is an on-air personality for Channel 5 in Memphis, so he covers Memphis every single day. He covers Ole Miss here and there. But used to write for the Ole Miss spirit. The last time Ole Miss played Memphis, that whole lead-up to the week, I told you, it's something that every Ole Miss fan or former Ole Miss fan or someone who's been around Ole Miss their entire life, they know this. They know this feeling of whether or not Ole Miss is doomed for a We Are Ole Miss moment. They can feel it in their gut. And I had that in my gut. I, I knew it was coming. It felt like Ole Miss was going to lose the game. And Sudo is an analytical person. He's a fair-minded person. And he just looked at the matchup and didn't take into account the Ole Miss nature of the potential loss that was coming. And he saw a team that there was no way Ole Miss was going to lose to. And I kept trying to just kindly express to him and explain to him. <laughs> You haven't been around this enough to know this feels like a loss. I think they're going to lose. And he told me not to worry about it, Ben. It's going to happen. Ole Miss is going to beat Memphis. And they jump up 14 to nothing, and then all hell breaks loose.
2: Yeah, that was um, that was tough. That was a tough one. That was a tough one to watch. You lose Robert Kimdichie in a very, very stupid play. Sucked the life out of them. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that's what lost in the game, but it's just, I don't know. I felt like all the air went out. It well, was funny, though, your reaction once you saw me again because you were down on
0: the field shooting, like, highlights for us or something. And then to see me afterwards, you're like, how did how did you know that? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know it, was it, was, like, it was when you got back because, remember, I didn't go. Oh, that's right. But it, but it was like a spider sense. It was like a spider sense that I had for that game. It just felt like they yeah. were going to lose.
2: Yeah, I know. I should have known better. I mean, I've seen Ole Miss lose to Memphis many times in my life. I don't know, man. That year, they were just rolling. It just, you know, everything seemed good. That was the, the year they beat Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the ten and three year. It is a very we are all Miss moment. I mean, yeah. I should have, I should have known. But
0: yeah, know. it's okay. It's okay. You're still young and innocent. And now you're jaded and old and you, cynical. Uh, and- yeah. You have a better understanding of, of how things are. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at been on Twitter. He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea. We've got a lot of questions. We're going to knock out every single one of them. Hit me up on Twitter on the Old Spirit message board. I write for the Oldman Spirit, Ole and affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Talk of Champions. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And the podcast is brought to you by BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. And today's mailbag is sponsored by Modern Woodman. It wasn't so long ago where financially I needed some help getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids and everything else. I'm sure most everyone of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local Modern Woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check them out at www.modernwoodman.org www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. It's mailbag time. Mail time. Oh. Mail
2: time. Ooh, ooh. The, the mail's here. You've got mail.
0: Special mail for you.
2: This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great.
0: Just going to dive right in. There's no easy way to jump into the mailbag other than to just jump right in.
2: And no, you just got to get in there. Man. Yeah, you, you got to get, get in. in
0: there. And the perfect question, God, that could go so many ways. The first question <laughs> is from a friend of both Sudu and myself. Colin Brister, he's been on this podcast, at Colin Brister on Twitter. Ask Sudu his opinions on Birmingham Waffle Houses at 3.30 a.m. and the type of
2: people that pick you up from there in an Uber. What is that story about? <laughs> I you know what Ben I'm not quite sure there's two things that come to mind and I don't know which one it is so um I, I I can't really answer that one um without first speaking to Brister and figuring out exactly what he's talking about um I will say though uh our time in Hoover uh, what was that the 2015 SEC baseball tournament was that 2015 or 2016 when they went on that crazy run 2015 Brister uh Brian Rippy, and I had a crazy good time i mean uh you guys obviously sent me to cover the tournament for the Ulma spirit uh rippy was there i think for the daily mississippian or something and i think bruster was there for them as well and we we had a good time that's that's i'm gonna leave it at that including um who was tennessee's old baseball coach what's the guy's name oh i don't um, remember i always forget his name including where rippy like we were at the top of the hotel and it, tennessee was like getting back into the hotel after their game they had a really uh late game at night and uh he like yelled at him and he's like you suck and it was just like the most you know like little kid college thing in the world but at the time we were quite intoxicated and we thought that was like the most hilarious thing in the world you've uh, never been one to shy away from a good time no no i think you know we're, we're here for a short amount of time man enjoy oh, don't,
0: it. don't yeah. wax philosophical about getting drunk <laughs> 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 just be stupid say so, yeah i was young and dumb and it was fun
2: that's what I did. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. There you go. That's that's a good way to put it. But I don't know exactly what he's talking about, but I'm sure there are many Waffle House trips and other crazy Uber rides, and not Uber rides where random people dropped us off, and we'll leave it at that.
0: Everybody, when they're young, does really stupid things, and they do it by choice. And it's funny, I was reminded of this yesterday. I do this thing in the summer. Everybody takes vacations. I don't. I got to do some work and. I want my wife and kids to be able to go enjoy themselves. So I'll stay home and make some money and send them to the beach with her family. That's the kind of stuff I do. So my vacation, my mini vacation is when I'm not working, I'll sit in my recliner. I'll play MLB, the show on PlayStation. I'll have a TV show just running in the background that I've seen before. So I ran through Boy Meets World doing this, and I've seen Boy Meets World a 100 times. And recently I decided I hadn't watched Dawson's Creek in forever. And Dawson's Creek is melodramatic and moody and it's insufferable at times. But it reminded me, it was funny. I had it rolling and I'm playing a game. And back in college, my senior year, a buddy of mine named Jim. We were watching Dawson's Creek. Just It was finals week, so you're not going out and doing a bunch of stuff, right? Right. So we were just sitting around and we were watching the show. It was on the WB at that time. Not like running... Um, live. This has been well past Dawson's Creek being live on TV. But it, they were running this marathon, I think, on WB. We were studying intermittently, uh, watching, so, we're just watching the show because it was on. I was like, oh, I had not seen this in forever. Well, we get into it. So we sit there, and then our buddy Crotch joins us, and we're watching it. And I'd already taken my – like, I think I was off that night, and the next day I didn't have a final, and the next day I had one. I'd already taken some finals. Well, Jim's in there. We stayed up to like, 7 in the morning just drinking – other things and watching Dawson's Creek drinking mad dog. Sure. Oh, yeah, <laughs> on, on the unfortunate big brother night when I was pledging a fraternity, I got the drunkest I ever had in my life off of mad dog, but that's another story for for another day. So A to B. Oh, it was tough. But yeah, Jim stayed up all night. He had a final the next day, but watching Dawson's Creek stayed up, didn't study, dropped the class on finals day, <laughs> took the F said, Oh, I got a grace grade. And that's my Dawson's Creek memory. That's what happens when you're old. Little things like just sitting around, your wife and kids are going to the swimming pool or doing something fun. You're sitting there playing a video game and not trying to spend money. Dawson's Creek comes on, and you're reminded of the time your friend Jim stayed
2: up all night, dropped a final, uh, dropped a class on the last day of school. Does does missing college, does that get worse over time, or does that go away eventually? Uh, It goes away. I don't miss college all that much, but I'm I'm around college. I'm around the college I used to go to all the time. That's true. Me too. I, someone, I mean, I'm coming to like, I'm, I'm going to be in Oxford later today. So like, you know, like I go all the time, but it just makes me miss it even more. Like, I don't know, man, it's tough.
0: I don't recognize it anymore. As far as like the kids, I, I don't feel like if I stepped in
2: today, yeah, I would in any way be, Oh, you'd be fine. Just wear some air maxes, pop out your jewel. You'd be good, bro. I just, I don't know. If I could do it. <laughs> I look around and
0: it's just the way the kids interact and they talk and they look, I just, it doesn't, it's not my thing anymore. I'm a dinosaur. I feel like now, it's 2019. Think about this. I graduated in 2008. That's 11 Jeez. years ago. That's a
2: long time ago, yeah. man. It's yeah,
0: It's been a decade, over a decade. I'm closer to my high school
2: 20th reunion than my 10th reunion. Jeez, it's... don't tell, don't don't talk to me about high school reunions. I'm supposed to plan mine, and it's like I plan mine. It's easy. It was fun. We had a blast. we'll have a ta- we'll we'll have a discussion. Let's get back into the questions. We're oh, yeah, going we're gonna, sorry, we're gonna sorry, keep on sorry, going. Sorry. Redman gets
0: paid at the underscore judge underscore 99. Who starts on the offensive line? How good will they be in pass blocking and run blocking? Right tackle will be Alex Givens or Bryce Matthews. Right guard will be Ben Brown. Center will be Eli Johnson. Left guard will be Royce Newman. And left tackle will be Alex Givens. Eli Johnson, really? Yeah, starting at center doing a good job to be good I, I like him I really do I like him you a want lot. me to
2: you want can I, can I tell the story on here and and I know David works for for you guys now and you know I, I don't I don't mean to disrespect anyone but uh, okay this is something Chuck said all right we were in the uh we were in the like the football uh media room this was I think my last semester at Ole Miss and we're like waiting on Hugh Freeze to get in or something I can't remember and um they're talking about the offensive line and who's going to be playing that week and chuck's like who's going to be playing this week and i think david answered this is when david you know 247 two, was separate from uh, scout and david answers and he's like good god give it another week and david's son's gonna be playing and dude i died it was the funniest thing in oh, the no. world <laughs> yeah well he's, he's like give way. it another week and david's son's gonna be playing and i dude i literally was like chuck you can't do it's, that it's, man it's,
0: well, David, you know, we love David. David's been an incredible addition to the Ole Miss Spirit. He's been so much fun to work with, and he's a great dude. And yeah. Eli's come a long way, man. I mean, he's he's been great. Um, he, he, I think at worst, his floor is Ben Still. He's real Still physical, sport. smart, cerebral. He's really good. He's a really good player. And I, I think he's going to be very steady and solid for them. He's been pretty impressive. How good will Ole Miss be in pass blocking and run blocking? I don't know. I think they'll be better – as run blockers and pass blockers, the concern is the left side. How yeah. Alex Givens holds up? I think Alex Givens is an NFL player, and I think I left, like him a yeah, lot. He too.
2: He's one of the guys I still remember from when I when I was there that had a lot of potential. Um, some of the names I see on the depth chart now, I, you know, I'm just like, who's that guy? Yeah, but, you don't know. But Alex Givens,
0: he's playing a position he hasn't played. Uh, I don't know if he played it in high school, but I'm not worried about Alex Givens. But the upside there with replacing Greg Little with Alex Givens. That's what I'm interested to watch. I think run, running-wise, if Alex was beside Ben Brown at right tackle, feel a little bit better about it. Um, yep. You have so much new, and I don't know how physical this team will be, but I think pass blocking will be pretty good from jump. Will Taylor to it be good? No. I mean, That's I think they tough. wanted him to be the left guard, and right. they tried to make him the starting left guard in spring. It just wasn't happening um jack at jack hackett 10 how effective will jerry on be this year am i supposed to have a crystal ball in front of me and project these things um i
2: (laughs) I know jack i I know jack um dude it's jerry on man.
0: yeah he's a five-star running back he's going to be capped because in front of him is scotty phillips and scotty phillips is going to get the majority of the carries but i think if jerry on can quickly pick up the offense and not be like one of those freshmen who go into fall camp and need about two weeks before they're not swimming anymore, I think Jerrion Ealy is going to be getting a lot of snaps in week one. That's the type of talent that you have to utilize. And the coaches are excited about him. They want to get him going quickly. They think he can make an instant impact. But you never know with every freshman. Every freshman is different. And when they go into fall camp, how they acclimate themselves. Like Kavante Ruggs, for example, was good from day one. Last year. Well, Kevante Ruggs isn't even on the team anymore. Yeah, I was about to be like transferred, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Jerry on Ely, we don't know what his transition period is going to be like. If he picks it up quickly, the talent is so impressive that week one, he'll get touches against Memphis. But you got to give him some time. You got to temper expectations early. I think you'll see the greatest impact from Jerry on Ely from game four or five onward. Scotty Phillips is the guy that's going to be carrying this offense early, at least. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, he's a senior running back. He's the guy that's supposed to yeah. uh, be the one thing that they can count on. You have so many unknowns across the board at quarterback, offensive line, wide receivers. You need to be able to rely on Scotty Phillips. But Jerry Neely will factor in in some form or fashion.
2: Yep, I think I think they're going to find a way for him to get on the field in in any capacity early. I mean, that kind of talent, you don't want to keep him on the sideline. Oh, you can't. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got to get them out there.
0: Yeah. Nate at Nate underscore Bloomberg. I have a friend truthfully predict an 11 and one record for Ole Miss football this upcoming season <laughs> losing at Alabama. What is the boldest prediction you have ever heard or had? Well, that's that's the most. that's pretty damn bold. <laughs> that's the boldest I've heard now. But before seeing your friend predicting 11 and one for Ole Miss next season, that's insane. The boldest prediction. I, I'm assuming this is not just by a fan. If it's by coaches and players too. Two of the boldest predictions I ever heard that didn't come close to fruition, I was told by an Ole Miss basketball coach that Dominic Olenichek, when they committed him and signed him, was an NBA center. That was bold. <laughs> that was bold. That didn't work out very well. No. And it's kind of worked out, so I I, don't feel, I feel bad now dogging this a little bit, but Dave Womack saying when Derek Jones was a freshman – Maybe it was his second year going into a sophomore year in spring when they moved him to cornerback saying he's an NFL cornerback. Now, Derek ended up getting drafted by the New York Jets as a cornerback in the sixth round, and he's still with the Jets. So he is an NFL cornerback, but for a while there, that was not a very good prediction. We'll get right back to Suda Upadea, but first, let me tell you about BNA Bank, the sponsor of Talk of Champions. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple, and I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, b and Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. b Bank, be it Mike Staton, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly... They care about you. They're gonna take care of you. They're gonna make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about BNABank.com or give them a call, 662 534 8171 662 534 8171 BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters, and the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money, is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me. They'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk
2: of Champions. Uh, my boldest prediction was myself. Uh, 2010, I thought Nate Stanley was going to lead almost to a 10 and 2 record. Oh, God. So much so that I messaged Nate Stanley, a little little seventh grader, I forgot what grade I was in, sudo, messaged Nate Stanley. Because, you know, that was back when you added all the football players on, on Facebook. Yeah,
0: but isn't that,
2: there's a statute of limitations here. It's the
0: same thing as in Christianity, the uh, age of accountability. How old or what is the starting
2: <laughs> point for hot takes? Ah, dude, I was putting them out. I had a YouTube channel. I was making videos and making money. and um, Yeah, but seventh grade seems a little young. I think I was in high school by then. It was probably okay, like a ninth with, grader. With I messaged idiots. Nate Stanley on Facebook, and I was like, hey, Nate, uh, <laughs> I, I projected you guys to go 10-2 and 2 this year. Here's the video. Would you mind checking it out? Super nice guy. He watched it. I don't know how much he watched. He was like, hey, this is really good, man. Keep it up. And I was like, <laughs> do you think it's possible with losses to Alabama and Auburn? And he was like, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll try. Um Little overzealous pseudo. I know, man. What a sweet I'm,
0: good dude. I know, dude. That is so funny.
2: At you Murph, know. surf,
0: murph. If lack of money was not a hindrance, what division one level sports would you like to see at Ole Miss? Hockey would be kind of fun, but they have a club sport of hockey at Ole Miss.
2: Men's yeah, they soccer. Do. Men's soccer would be a lot of fun. Men's soccer, that would be remarkable. Like I've gotten so into, so much into soccer since I've left Oxford. Um, and especially because nine one FC plays in my backyard. Um, which is really cool. And I've just seen, like, the excitement around soccer in Memphis. And I know that Ole Miss, like, kids would get into soccer. Like, if it's a sport that involves drinking heavily and being rowdy, Ole Miss kids are going to be good at it. And uh, soccer is definitely one of those sports. So did you watch the Women's World Cup? I did, dude. Huge fan um, of of the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I'm actually getting an Alex Morgan sipping tea painting done for me Ooh. right now. That's fun. Yeah. Putting it up in the apartment. Um, dude, I love. Yeah. I mean, that. that's it was so much fun to watch them, honestly, like a lot of fun. Just the fast pace, like the way they move the ball, just all of it, man. It, it just gets me super hyped for soccer when I watch that kind of soccer
0: at my name's Tater. Just to spin off this gentleman's question, will the new Mississippi lottery have any athletic scholarship impact? It could. It's helped Vanderbilt. And in baseball, that's big. You're only capped at eleven and point two scholarships. And Vanderbilt can because they're private, can do a number of things to manipulate that to add more players and the lottery plays in for a number of different other baseball teams. So it could, it could certainly do that. You'd hope so. Mississippi not having a lottery up to this point is absurd. It's it is a small
2: pastime for Mississippi. I, I hope they spend that money on on education. Like Tennessee spends so much money on um you know just educational programs, whether it's high school or whatever um And Mississippi, yeah, we could use as much money as possible and, yeah, and education uh, from that.
0: Mississippi's always last when it comes to what they feel is morality decisions. And for some reason, for years and years and years, the lottery was deemed against God or something and not having a sports book, just gambling and going to it. Cause it's weird. I don't understand it. Anything that can bring revenue into the state and you can pour it back into the state – it's a good thing. So I think it could help. I don't know. I'm just glad that Mississippi is bringing a lottery. They need a lottery. We need a lottery. Lotteries it are facts. great. And I want to win the lottery because I don't want to work anymore. So <laughs> I want to yeah. do this podcast. I love this podcast. I'd probably still do it if I won the lottery. Probably not. But – Everybody wants to win the lottery. So, yeah, bring Mississippi a lottery. Parker Crane, at pcrane3 underscore. What will the basketball rotation look like this season? Point guard will be Devontae Shuler. Shooting guard will be Brian Tyree. At the three, Austin Crowley, I think, could start. But at the beginning of the year, it'll be Luis Rodriguez. Four will be Blake Henson. And at the five, Hadim C. K.J. Buffin will be coming off the bench as the sixth man. You could take any of the newcomers, and it wouldn't surprise me if they play immediately. Austin Crowley's going to play. Is Dude going to play a lot, you think, this year? Not a lot, but they like him a lot. He's completely changed his body. I hadn't seen him since he was in eighth grade. Yeah. He's huge now. Tall. Yeah, dude, he's impressive. He's impressive. And I think he could be a rotational big, but he has a long way to come as far as his body and his game being what they need him to be. But I think he could see some minutes. But Austin Crowley is going to play a lot. I had one coach tell me he thinks he can be the best player in time that Kermit Davis has ever had. Wow, yeah, it's a good player. It's good Dave at Dave underscore Elmore. Who's your current insurance provider, and can I get you a quote on insurance? Farm Bureau in New Albany, Mississippi, and I love those guys. But if you want to give me a quote, I'm all ears. Yeah, sure. Zach at Boyd ZJ one two three four is playing Memphis. Here's a pseudo question: In <laughs> football, comparable to playing USM in football, nothing to gain but a lot to
2: lose. No, uh, Memphis is different. USM. If you lose, you just have to hear the people down in Hattiesburg talk about how they're the best team in the state. Blah 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 forever. Um, they're also in a conference that I think is one of the bottom ones in the in the group of five. I think the Americans probably the, the best conference in the group of five. And Memphis is prime recruiting grounds. Come on, this is old stuff. Yeah, it's gonna. I suck see absolutely no one.
0: benefit to
2: playing Memphis. Yeah. That's true. I mean, like I will say, like you you can lose that game, you know, like you can lose that game, and if you beat them, then it's you're supposed to beat them. I get that, but I think there's something about being able to sell out the Liberty Bowl with red and blue and having your recruits there uh, in the area see you win when you do win. Uh, When you lose
0: Ole Miss as a rival,
2: and Ole Miss does, they do they see them as an equal, dude. People like think Ole Miss is like a rival, and. I mean, I guess back in the day, it was like Ole Miss was one of the first schools that like big time schools that agreed to play Memphis. Um, so I can understand why people see that. But like, that's not how we like. I have to tell people here all the time in the in the least disrespectful manner possible. That's I have to always preface it by saying that. But like guys like we don't people in Oxford, people would, like that went to Ole Miss don't see Memphis as a rival. I'm sorry.
0: Yes. And. That's my whole deal with it. It's like Alabama and Ole Miss. Ole Miss sees Alabama's arrival. Well, Alabama doesn't see Ole Miss's arrival. Memphis sees Ole Miss's arrival. Ole Miss doesn't even think about Memphis. But you validate that belief that Ole Miss is a rival, that these teams should be playing each other when you schedule them. And there's no extension of the profile. There's no expansion of the profile when you play Memphis. Those games, out of conference games, should be good road trips for your fans. They shouldn't be... Anything more than that. If you're playing a team on the road that you don't play in the SEC, make it a fun trip. Otherwise, play them at home and make it a cupcake and give yourself as many wins as possible. Period. And Memphis is a game you can lose, while a trip to, I don't know, Tulane would be a blast, and you'd pack that out for Ole Miss fans. They can go to New Orleans for the
2: weekend. Of course they'll go. Did this series with Memphis have anything to do with... Playing them in basketball. What, th- what does basketball like do a- for you? Basketball, they haven't been very good for so long. Ole Miss is better
0: right now as a basketball program than Memphis is. Memphis now has added so much talent under. It's Penny. about to be. A, it's about to be a whole well, lot that, different. That's combustible though. <laughs> that has real blow up potential as far as the personalities involved. And Penny's got a hell of a balancing act in front of him. Is all I'm going to say. And there's going to be a lot of players that signed on, ex- having a certain expectation that leave at the end of the year because that that expectation wasn't met but yep. you're right he's added a ton of talent and they're going to be good but at playing memphis in football basketball who cares uh, they had their best attendance ever this year at old miss and in road games or not ever but in years this year under kermit Davidson, they again went to the ncaa tournament and it had nothing to do with memphis it had everything to do with they won basketball games And Ole Miss fans notoriously don't show up in droves until the SEC season. So the idea that basketball helps you in any real way is absurd. And it's not like Ole Miss has had so much success in basketball or football, for that matter, in recruiting, to where Memphis is a true benefit. Playing Memphis in either sport is a true benefit. All you're doing is validating the belief by Memphis fans that Ole Miss and Memphis are equal or that Memphis is a rival to Ole Miss. So don't play them. It's stupid. It does you no good whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I, I don't particularly see a, a benefit, but he's asking if it's comparable to playing USM, and I think playing Memphis is better than oh yeah, yeah. playing USM. Yeah, yeah, I don't ever play USM.
0: How long do you think Rich Rod and Mike McIntyre will remain in Oxford at Varsity Rebel Ask? Mike McIntyre, I think, has a better shot of being here longer than Rich Rod. I don't think yep, Rich Rod has more than two years here. It wouldn't surprise me if he's only here a year. Before that answer from Sudu, let me first tell you real quick about Chaney's Pharmacy. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Brainlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy Dot com. Cheney's pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy.
2: I think it's one year, man. I, you know, the guy like it, it's that typical thing. You know, he left uh Arizona under, you know, the situation he left under. So he's gonna go be an assistant, and you know how college football works. Someone's gonna want him and they're gonna hire him. Especially it's gonna be interesting offense. if just-
0: there's a decision to be made as far as Matt Luke is concerned, and who, if it's Keith Carter or another athletics director, um who the, that athletic director goes with as far as being the interim and if that interim does a good enough job to where there's true consideration for him being the head coach be it rich rod or mike mcintyre i don't know but mike mcintyre i feel like has a better shot of being here long term as the defensive coordinator than rich rod as the offensive coordinator because rich rod is looking to be a head coach again and yes, i think absolutely. mike wants to be a head coach too but he's back at old miss he loves old miss he's been a head coach he's a little older and he's comfortable. He's getting paid a lot of money, still from Colorado and at Ole Miss. So I think there's a better shot at him staying here than Rich Rod. Rich Rod feels like an outsider, though he's taken over this program in many ways as far as the attitude is concerned. But Mike McIntyre, he's an Ole Miss guy, and I think that plays a little bit more into it. But Rich Rod, he's like every other coach you've ever been around. Not just a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. They have to be this way in some respects. He's a mercenary as
2: far as the coach is concerned. So... He also kind of, like you said, he sticks out, doesn't he? It's kind of weird to see Rich Rod as yeah, the does. offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what? At Murph's,
0: Murph, Surf, Murph. I'm never going to get that right, but he asks a <laughs> lot of questions. So, Murph, to Smurf, that Surfs. Okay. Harry Potter House Question Time, Archie Manning, Gryffindor, Scotty Phillips. He's quiet, reserved. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff, yeah. Momo Sinogo. Oh, he's a Ravenclaw.
2: He would have to be Ravenclaw, yeah.
0: David oh. Kellum, Hufflepuff. <laughs> A certain reporter that Jay Morant
2: mocked in the past week, Dan Walkins. Dan Walkin. Slytherin. Slytherin, man. Dan Wal dude, can we talk about that? Sure. Can I can we talk about Dan Walkin? Sure. Dude, Go. Dan Walkin, like, I don't understand why he still gets like I mean, it's it's quickly, it's waning, but, like, he still has a little bit of respect, and I don't understand it, Ben. I mean, the whole Ole Miss thing, like, the way he attacked Ole Miss during that entire process, although it was very blatant, you know, most of the country ignored it because they don't, you know, you know how they do Ole Miss. But after the Tennessee stuff, still, people are still, like, letting this man have a platform and respecting what he says. Like, come on.
0: I don't think anybody really respects what he says. There's check. only a certain faction of people that respects what he says, and that goes back His to entire the entire thing problem. is trying to rile people up, but he doesn't even do it effectively. Like, no, he, it, it, he doesn't. It, he it, it goes back seriously. to the same thing. It goes back to the same thing that I've been saying for quite some time. I said on this podcast a week or two weeks ago that Dan Wolkin is not a serious reporter. Not to say I'm serious. I'm not. I'm not standing on some moral high ground here so much as saying that Dan is a national reporter. He wants to tell you about that, but he has no respect. He has no sources. No one really cares what Dan Wilkin has to say. So in the Ole Miss investigation, Tom Mars was literally handing him stuff over. He would get something and call Dan, and Dan would then report it without in any way trying to add balance or perspective in his reporting. He claims to be this renowned national columnist for USA Today, but yet Dan doesn't care about what you would deem proper journalism. Far be it for me to be a critic of proper journalism because I don't think, don't think proper journalism really exists in sports reporting. But Dan Wolkin claims himself to be something that he's not. He's a fraud. And Thomas Mars would hand him stuff over and he'd just report it like it was truth. And it added something that he didn't have. Dan always wanted to feel important. Um, he wasn't on the same level as Andy Staples or whoever you
2: think is a great college football reporter. He was. He's never, not even close. No, he's like, never held that think of Columnists like Dan Wilkins not even in that conversation. He, he wasn't, but he
0: always viewed himself that way, and he was given validation because he doesn't have really any sources outside of an AD or two, and then Tom Mars in the Ole Miss investigation, and he already had a personal bias toward Ole Miss. So what that Ole Miss investigation did was allow Dan to feel something. And that's what, what we all are just kind of looking for in this life, to feel something. It's this existential question about why the hell are we here. So Dan Wolkin feels like he's a part of something, and he was getting validated in his belief that he was something that he's not. And Mississippi State fans online filleted him every single day, and he felt like he mattered. So this is his thing. This is his shtick. Does anybody pay attention to Dan Wolkin for his NBA coverage? No, of course you don't. Them. he writes about the NBA all the time but forgive me if all I read is Adrian Wojnarowski or Shams or whoever it might be that I actually respect in that field he's not that yeah. person college football he's not that person he's not the first person you think about you think about Andy Staples you think about any number of other people Bruce Feldman is my dude yeah Bruce it, is the boy he's great there are many other people that you think of first you don't really think of Dan Wolkin at all what is his no. niche what does he do what is my niche I cover Ole Miss sports
2: your are Spirit Ben, it! No, no. Th-
0: let's not do that. But you know what my niche is. You know what I do. I cover oh. Ole Miss. So if you're a state fan, you hate me. Whether it's fair or not, you hate me. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you either love me or you hate me. Either way, it's cool. But
2: you pay attention for Ole Miss stuff. What do you pay attention to Dan for? What does he have? Nothing, dude. His tweets are what gets people going. That's literally it. Do you know what Twitter does for you? Nothing. It doesn't pay. I know. I know. That's it. (sighs) I'm tired. But uh, what house? Yeah, Slytherin. Uh, John Morant would probably be a um, Ravenclaw, I guess. Yeah, he's Ravenclaw. But the last one, Sudu Upadea. That's interesting. I would be a Hufflepuff. I believe that. Have you been
0: sorted into your house on Pottermore?
2: Um, yeah, I did it. I did it back in the day, but I, I, I took it in such a way that I would be sorted as a Gryffindor, but I've done like other Harry Potter things and I've always just like answered truthfully on those. And I've always been told would, I'd be a Hufflepuff. I answered as truthfully as possible.
0: And I was sorted into Gryffindor, which is unfortunate when you're a huge Harry Potter nerd like me, because just like in defending my Dallas Cowboys fandom, and you've been around that a lot when I've had to do it, yeah, it's ridiculous. immediately the reaction is, oh, you're a Cowboys fan. So whenever I talk to fellow Potterheads, they say, Ben, what house are you in? Gryffindor. Oh, you're a Gryffindor. And then I have to defend. <laughs> <when I'm> a- <laughs> it's ridiculous. But it's, you know what I'm saying is if you're a Yankees fan and you live in Nashville or hell, Oxford, whatever. And somebody says, OK, well, who's your favorite baseball team? The Yankees. Oh, you're a Yankees.
2: You know how it is.
0: You have to defend um, that position. Or for me, you
2: live in Oxford and you're a Giants fan. Like,
0: yeah, you know? I did that to you, and I, I'm a victim of my own criticism. I said to you when you said you're a Gi- oh, you're a Giants fan. Oh, Eli, that's why you're a Gi- you're not really, a Gi- but you're a huge Giants fan. I've learned that. You and I talk about the Giants, and the Cowboys all the time now. But yep. then it was. Well, you out. don't like, like to
2: talk about the Cowboys,
0: but yeah, I, try I do to like to talk up. about the Cowboys. Right. I just, I'm, I'm defensive. Because I always have to defend the ca- being a Cowboys fan. I've been a Cowboys fan since I was three years old. I can trace you back my fandom. You know
2: how much of a Cowboys you want to go to the game in uh, in Dallas. This I would year? love to go, to go. to the Yes, yeah, I'd love so to do that. Try to make it happen, man. I was gonna I was gonna go watch them play uh, Washington in New York, but that's gonna be a lot more expensive than just going to Dallas. At a true rebel underscore ninety nine wanted to throw Chad Kelly into the house sorting mix. He's a Slytherin. Yeah, of
0: course. I mean, Slytherin's a great house. Let's not pretend it's like house. bad people are Slytherins. There are a lot of Slytherin great Slytherin is like capitalism, you know? Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> Blisters on me fingers at GM Crutches. Who will be the starting quarterback in 2021 after uh, Matt Corral will be Robbie Ashford, I would predict. do so that's who? way too far in the future. Yeah, just don't. don't
2: I've seen talk. the name. I, I've seen the name on um on, on the little 247 mails I get. I get those little daily emails. John Reese Plumley, I believe, is destined for
0: defense. I think he's going to start really early in his career. Not that he couldn't be a good quarterback, but I think he could be a better defensive. Back.
2: Is, is that Ashford kid? Is he between us and Auburn? Who who is, he? who is he?
0: He picked Ole Miss over a host of other offers. Alabama and Auburn never got serious about him. It's different with quarterback recruiting. He's a four-star player. Auburn yeah. already committed his quarterback. You only have one or two spots at so most. So he's two the, spots. he's a
2: hard commit. Like he's going to yeah. sign. Yeah, he'll
0: sign. And Alabama is chasing a kid from California, but. He's got offers galore as Robbie Ashford, and he's a four-star player. They love him a lot, and I think he's going to be great. And I think he's going to start after Matt Corral um, because I believe John Reese Plumley will be on defense. And Grant Tisdale, he could be the starter too. I don't know, but it'll be one of my opinion, Robbie Ashford or Grant Tisdale. It's recency bias probably. At Dream Daily 12, if Coach Luke lost the job, would you rather have McIntyre or Rodriguez as head coach? I don't really have a preference, but... Based on how each has acclimated themselves, Rodriguez, it'd be Rodriguez. I, I just I'm always going to go offense. Um, that it, that's the identity of Ole Miss football. But secondly, since he's gotten here, Rich Rod has completely taken over, in a lot of respects, the personality of this team. He's the yeah. one that's in these kids' faces. He's the one that's using very colorful language. He's trying to change the personality, he's acting like a head coach in many respects, and that's to be expected.
2: Because um, he is, and he's going yeah. to be a, Again, a, literally a year later, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it it depends. Um, I will say, though, if Matt Luke – I don't think Matt's losing his job this year.
2: No. I, I like what Matt has done. I mean, I, when, when Matt was hired, I yeah. try to look at it in the best way possible, and I was like, if the guy can literally do what Dabo did, which is give all of your responsibilities for defense and offense to someone that knows more than you – and manage the program, which I think Matt Luke will do a great job of managing the program, Um, he can be very successful. I said that early on. I I wanted Hugh Freeze to do that. Uh, He did not. Well, he had his hands in everything. He always thought he was the smartest guy in the room, but you're right. He didn't want to listen to Werner. He didn't want to listen to anyone else. You know what I mean? Like Matt, thankfully, you know, realizes what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are. Like he knows how to recruit. He knows how to make Mississippi look good. He knows how to make Ole Miss look good and he's given everything else to McIntyre and Rod, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, he's trying to follow the Dabo blueprint. Will it work? I don't know, but that's the
0: blueprint he's trying to follow. He wanted to do it last year, but felt loyalty to Phil Longo and Crime Dog, Wesley McGriff, and didn't fire them when he should have, and now he's finally doing what he wanted to do, but it's put him behind the eight ball as far as Ole Miss fans and thinking about him and how they they consider him as a head coach. We don't know what Matt Luke is yet. We still don't. We know that he made some questionable decisions in-game that to he this did. day I don't understand. Maybe <laughs> that changes a little bit. We don't know. We don't know what Matt Luke is, and this yeah. year we're going to find out. Now this is his program. It's truly his program. He's put his stamp on it. These are his coaches. Now what is Ole Miss going to be? That's what we're going to find out. So I, I do agree that it would be Rich Rod probably, and it has more to do with the personality this team is taking with Rich Rod as potentially the integral part of uh, the personality change of Ole Miss football, so I think it would be Rich Rod, Hunter Kinnenberg. Was it Shay's burner account or his dad? It was a fake tweet from Shea. It was fake. It was yeah, fake. it was fake. It's let's not make fake.
2: it more than what it was. Yeah. Um. I know Ole Miss fans don't like Shea, but just like let, I have no problem him. with like, Shea. I don't really yeah. care. Shea's. I just a don't good think. Kid. I just think like I got into a big Twitter argument, or I didn't even get in an argument. People just came after me a year ago, and I was like, "Can we just leave this alone? Can we just quit talking? Like, let's move on. Yeah, just move on. Because yeah. there, there's no way to win for Ole Miss. Like, you can try to be petty, uh, but. The national media is always gonna make Ole Miss look bad. That's just how it is. I don't you know, they just that's just how they act when it when it comes to anything Ole Miss. So the best thing to do is just change the topic completely and just not even talk about it. It's just it's like PR one oh one. Don't talk about something that's yeah, gonna make
0: it you you bad. make it a bigger thing. My deal yeah. with Shay, I had n- I never had any problem with Shay. I always liked Shay. He was easy to deal with, good kid, good player. I lost my confidence in him as a player, but the reason why I'm just ready to never talk about Shea
2: and his family again is because of his dad. That's my whole yep. deal. Just yeah, see, that on. was after I left, so you know I was kind of out of the loop, so I missed a lot of the Seeing things. who
0: knows a lot of my inside stories about his dad.
2: <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just ready to move on completely. D.D. Yeah.
0: Smith at Stymie Prawn? Y'all have some weird Twitter names. How many <laughs> wins for the Rebs this football season? I've been on record saying six and six. We'll jump right back to Sudo, but first, let me tell you real quickly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And I'm not going to take long, but this is a testimonial. My wife's expedition was on its last legs. I was tired of pouring money into a car that I didn't know how much longer it was going to last. So I went over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, called him up first and said, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm accepting my lot in life. I am now a van dad. I need a minivan. Brian says, Ben, no problem. We've got the perfect car for you. It was a 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. And I know what you're thinking already. Wait, that probably cost you an arm and a leg. Your monthly payment has to be through the roof. Nope. They fit my budget. I didn't think I could afford that van, but they gave me a good, fair trade-in value for the Expedition, and my monthly payment is better than I could have ever imagined as far as fitting into my monthly budget. I show up, it was waiting for me at the door. Mason opens up the door. I look inside, loaded up, leather, Sirius XM radio, Bluetooth, CarPlay, everything I was looking for in a car. I didn't even have to walk around the lot. Didn't have to do anything. And it's not just because they support this podcast. It's not just because they sponsor this podcast that they set that up for me. That's the experience it can be for you. So if you're looking for a seamless car buying process, there's no other place to go alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford and right now they got deals going on if you're looking for the car the truck the jeep that fits your family that's exactly what you're looking for i was looking for a chrysler pacifica i got it this is the only place to go so go check them out it's alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford to find your next perfect car truck or jeep they're at 2201 east university avenue in oxford that's just past kroger you can give them a call at 662-234-8000 tell them Talker champion sent you
2: Six and six. Uh, I agree. I think uh, they'll be they'll have five wins going into the Mississippi State game, and I think that the Egg Bowl is going to be a lot of fun for that reason, pretty much.
0: David Hudson at Huddy32. David Justice or Ron Gant? I love David Justice. I really love David Justice, and I thought he was treated unfairly for being honest in a question that he was asked by a reporter about the Atlanta Braves fan base, and he got booed in his home park, in the playoffs, all of those things that sucked. David Justice was awesome for the Braves. He was a great ambassador for the game but I loved Ron Gant as a kid. <laughs> I loved Ron Gant. I associated the number nine with Ron Gant. So Ron Gant for me, Ryan Wiggins at RZ wig. So in regards to these last place, Braves that won't make the playoffs, he's winking at me because I was mad and shocker. I have a fan reaction to the Braves <laughs> like y'all do for the, for the rebels. I mean, I'm sorry. I get a rational and they were really bad for two months. They were three games or two games under 500 and three games back from the Phillies in May. They went on a crazy run, and Luke Jackson's still closing games. Let's not act like they don't have problems. They've been great that offense. Hey, I've been defending Josh Donaldson, unlike other Braves fans, since day one. I,
2: I, anyway. Yeah, well, I, dude, I've actually you know I'm not a big baseball guy, but I've I've been tuned into Donaldson because I've um I don't know if this I was just watching a lot of spring uh, spring training with the Braves this year um i think he's doing well man his heading is uh what is he hitting like 240 something none of that matters I, you, batting average is stupid it's a right terrible but, he's, but he's doing a lot more for the team doing that, damage when he makes yeah. he's josh donaldson he's always
0: been a low average when he does make contact yeah he does damage yeah that's josh donaldson and he's played great defense at third base so the question from ryan wiggins do you re-sign donaldson to a team-friendly deal definitely probably try to you try to keep him like extend his contract yeah you try to keep josh donaldson but the whole idea of a team friendly deal screw teams screw teams players go get your money and that's college football that's professional football there's no salary cap in baseball there shouldn't be a salary cap period i don't care about team friendly deals should they resign josh donaldson yes it should be Absolutely. a short-term deal, but the average annual value, I don't care. If it's two years and $23 million per, so be it. Yeah. Ozzy Albies gave them a hell of a deal. Ronald Acuna gave them a hell of a deal. You've got both of those guys locked in for seven to ten years. So do what's necessary. Yes, you re-sign Josh Donaldson. Now, you prefer to keep him on a shorter-term deal, but as far as being team-friendly and giving these Liberty Media jerk-offs more money in their pockets, screw that. Give the player the money. The Braves have the money. Their payroll is at $140 million this year. That's middle of the road in baseball, and they have some of the best attendance in baseball on average than any other team in baseball. They built the Battery and SunTrust Park to, quote, raise payroll, which was a lie. They've become a real estate development company. So don't let them tell you that they have to be capped on a certain number. Team-friendly, screw that. Do what's necessary. Yes, re-sign Josh Donaldson and then get a catcher and a right fielder. But Christian Pache is coming. I don't think he'll be quite ready next year. Um, but give me anybody but Nick Markekis. Also, outfield predictions for the start <laughs> of next season. Mine, Riley, Pache, Acuna. I don't think Pache starting the year. I think he'll be there in June or July. I'm going to predict Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna, and Nick Castellanos. That's my prediction. And Ryan Wiggins, his second question. First-time caller, first-time listener. <laughs> That's a lie. Give me the best pitching prospect in your opinion and then weekend rotation prediction. I'm guessing you're talking about the Braves. The best prospect in the system as a pitcher is Ian Anderson. Next year, the rotation will be, oh, God, Soroka, Freed, Folty will get another shot, um, Madison Bumgardner and one of the prospects, maybe Ian Anderson, maybe Kyle Wright. I don't know ty driscoll what are your thoughts on robert pattinson being batman i forgot if you talked about it before i love bold casting choices i what think was, it's interesting too yeah um, i love it he's got the look he's a great actor he's yeah. been in a lot of great movies i mean I, I could go into the list of robert pattinson movies i love it, it has nothing to do with frickin'
2: twilight robert pattinson is awesome and i don't dude. like what are some movies he's been in i've probably seen him i just can't think of anything see he's a uh, indie darling movies that you
0: probably haven't heard of or haven't seen because what happened after twilight is robert pattinson said you know what i am going to do only things that um interest me that i believe in and he completely went off the radar from those big budget movies like twilight and started doing a lot of indie projects that were awesome good time is an awesome
2: movie I don't so I probably support. haven't seen anything. He's, I mean, I, I've only seen like one Twilight movie. You need to go say, watch like, good.
0: You need to go watch Good Time. It's tough. It's hard. It's a hard watch, but it's a really, really good good time. movie. Yeah, listen,
2: he, it, look, his character on Twilight was a very you know mundane kind of uh, kind of guy. Like that's perfect for Batman. So, I don't even pay attention to Twilight.
0: He's just a great actor. Highlights yep. another good movie you should check out. There, there are a number of different. He's projects. like he's in the
2: he's in the he's in the like list of actors that get judged by movies they've done. Like, well, Zach think Efron, about Heath example. Ledger. What was the response You're to like, Heath Ledger when he was cast as the Joker? Everyone,
0: what? What are you doing? Yep. But Heath Very Ledger, true. and that came from Ten Things I Hate About You or A Knight's Tale. These blockbustery popcorn movies, but Heath Ledger wanted to cut his teeth on something that he really believed in was good in. He's a good method actor and he was awesome. It was the best comic book portrayal of any actor ever, his portrayal of the Joker. So I am a big proponent and fan of bold casting choices. Did you prefer when a Ben Affleck casting? Is that something that you would rather see happen? Not that Ben Affleck wasn't a good Batman. He was actually really good, but you couldn't get past the fact that you're watching Ben Affleck play Batman. <laughs> When you when he took off the cape, you went, "Oh, it's Ben Affleck." Robert Pattinson could own this role. I love the casting choice. I think it's perfect.
2: I think so. Yeah, think I'm so. all for
0: it. West Franklin, at West Franklin, he believes almost football goes eight and four. That's a little rich for my taste.
2: No, man, I'm sorry. It's not gonna happen. You're gonna um, you're gonna beat Memphis. You're probably gonna beat Arkansas. You're probably gonna beat Southern Louisiana. You're gonna lose to Cal. You're gonna lose to Bama. You're going to probably beat Vandy. You're going to lose to Missouri, You're going to lose to AM, You're going to lose to Auburn. You're going to beat New Mexico State. You're going to lose to LSU and maybe beat Mississippi State. Six and six. Okay.
0: David Jackson, isn't LSU greatly
2: overrated? No. Why not? Because I am a full believer in their uh, new uh, hire, the offensive guy they got from the Saints, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Um, they're supposed to run the type of offense that they should have been running a long time, the type of offense that... Uh, Edo should have run at Ole Miss when he had Brent Schaefer, but that's another point. Uh, they're going to go RPO. Joe Burrow's been running that since he was like a little kid. He's excited about it. They've got a top recruiting class again. They got Nick Bresette. They got another really good running back that came in. That, I mean, it's LSU, dude. They just stockpiled, you know, weapons. They're going to be great.
0: The I only think. question about LSU is Edo, and that'll always be the question. They'll always have the talent, and if they play to that talent, they'll be good. Is Florida State? David Jackson asks going to fail and have to get a new head coach within three years i'm a believer yes. in willie taggart and, and i know I, i'm in
2: the minority now but yeah. i'm a believer in willie taggart i like, i have nothing against willie taggart i think he's a college he's a good enough to be a college football coach i believe I florida think, state could be broken you could argue that for me i i believe that Oh, you, you think like the program itself is yeah i think it, i think you at, could no. argue that florida state is broken well jimbo did leave i mean it seemed like one of those jobs you wouldn't leave but he left, so maybe it does say something about Florida State. Um, I, I just – yeah, Willie Taggart, great recruiter, good coach. I just think people give him way too much credit based on his work. Like I, I think he could have done a lot better at the programs he's been at. Um, so I want to see more from him. Do you miss the gin, David Jackson asks.
0: I do. I don't remember the gin. I think that was before my time. The gin was a bar in Oxford. That's way really? before your time, yeah. Wow. You know where Nukes is on university – that yeah. empty lot behind Nukes, mm-hmm. that was the gin. Wow. And was it like a gin distillery or something? No, it was a bar. It was awesome. Apparently. Oh, it was just the bar. I never okay. went to the gin. That was before my time. But not that okay. far in or long ago. So, yeah, the gin okay. was apparently the best bar in Oxford. I've heard good things. I, I would have liked to have experienced it. Cole Woods at Cole Miss 22 Who would be the basketball coach today if Derek Millenhouse misses the flutter against Mizzou?
2: Buzz Ooh. Williams. Buzz Williams. That would have been cool.
0: That's who Ross Bjork had atop his list when he was considering making a change after that season. It was real, and Buzz, as he's proven, he's a traveler. And he yeah. would have probably jumped at that opportunity. I know there had been some communication already, so Buzz Williams. Tyler Keith at Tyler K eighty-two. Are you still hearing a 2020 recruiting basketball reclassifying sign in August? Yes. Tyler Keith at Tyler K eighty two. What are you hearing on the chancellor search? Nothing, nothing at all. I hadn't heard anything. The only thing I know is that they plan to make a hire at the earliest November, December, most likely next spring. I've heard a lot of different candidates. Is there any
2: way Ole Miss can get its own uh, board, like its own? I have answered that question a
0: million times, and I'll just simply say I'll believe that when I see it.
2: Jeez, man, I I don't trust the IHL, man. I want well, no one I does. Want,
0: you should. I want our people making those decisions. Well, yeah, of course you do, and you should. But not really hearing much of anything on the chancellor search. If I do get some information, I'll obviously come on Talk of Champions and talk about it. Zach at Boydzj1234. If Freeze isn't caught in the scandal, how many more years would he have gotten? Not
2: a freeze guy, just to be clear. Two more years. I'd say three, maybe, just based on what he'd done. I mean, because what did he go? He, he went five and seven. Matt Luke had to wear the incompetence and the shortfalls right. of Hugh Freeze.
0: Absolutely. That should have been Hugh Freeze's mess to wear. And he I didn't have to wear it and got bailed out. Well, not really bailed out. His career was ruined for a year. But he avoided the criticism and the scrutiny he deserved because he was fired before the season started. And Matt Luke I've, had to wear that when that should have been Hugh Freeze that had to wear it because that's how absolutely. bad they would have been even with Hugh Freeze.
2: I think I think uh, he would have gotten three probably just based on, and you know, Shea and a bunch of those guys maybe stay. I don't know. No, I agree with you. I think yeah. he'd have gotten three more years. Jared Joel, at Jared Joel, do we know
0: who the next Mississippi high school superstar may be? If so, what's the word? If not, get at Rebels 247, David Johnson back on to fill us in. I'll have to get David. I don't know. I have no idea who the next guy For is. For football? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no mm. idea who the next guy is. No clue. Interesting. Sorry, guys, I don't cover recruiting like I used to. I just own the periphery
2: of football recruiting now. Basketball recruiting—that's my jam. But you could go to two four seven and just look up the top yeah. kid in whatever class. Um, yeah, go
0: to the old Oldman and fill it to two four seven sports.
2: See, I'm still plugging you guys. Look at you, but I'll get David I, Johnson. Yeah, I can. I can get him. I still can, him. I'll, I still say we when I talk about the spirit. Oh, that
0: that's so sweet.
2: <laughs> at KCon
0: underscore ten. How do you see the quarterback room working this year? A bunch of guys, but only one starter. Matt Corral's starting, and after that, who's the backup? I don't know. Is there any concern for him? In ter-
2: like, is it, he's not like a head case, is he? No, he's been great. Okay. He's cocky as hell, which I love. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got that impression. I Look, yeah. when, he, when that's on your side, it's like Marshall, you know what I mean? Like, when you have that on your side, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, when it's, it's Chad else, Kelly. Chad Kelly was him. confident. Yeah, very Chad much. Chad had
0: terrible taste in suits.
2: <laughs> i would say just wardrobe choices were not Chad's strong suit but we um, not no no but you know what love love chad man that's your dude that's my dude man
0: yeah but the quarterback room matt corral the backup will be one of john reese plumley kincaid dent grant tisdale but it's matt corral show that's how the quarterback grant restmeyer no no <laughs> no unique johnson When will the official team roster be released? Within the next two weeks, before SEC media days for sure. Mike McNatt, what will be the two biggest changes you expect to see this year in football, offense and defense? Offensively, I think they'll be much improved in the red zone, and that will come about by there's going to be more of a focus on running the ball down there. There's not going to be any game where you wonder, you're running the ball well, why are you passing it 30 or 40 times? They're going to run the ball. They're going to go with what works. And the days of chasing grass and that failing chasing once the field shr- Yeah. And that failing once the field shrinks twenty and in, those Ooh, days man. are gone. They're gonna have a philosophy to where they run first. Remember Rich Rodriguez was an originator of the heavy run oriented spread. So I think running the ball and a focus on getting the ball to Scotty Phillips, Jerry Oney, whoever the running back is at the time in the red zone will pay dividends. Um, I think their passing game will be better, or at least more efficient, as a result of that. Who's so their that,
2: top receiver? This is one of my. This would just be a question. Elijah Moore. Moore. Yeah. What do we think of Gregory?
0: I want to see him first. I'm not a big yeah. believer in Demarcus Gregory right now because he's been dealing with injury for so long. So I don't know what he is. Yeah. But I think he's got a good body. I think he could be by the end of his career, Demario Stringfellow type. Not to say uh-huh. he's going to be Stringfellow, but a type. That's how he's built. He could be a poor man's Demario Stringfellow
2: what about braylon sanders
0: i love braylon sanders he's got a durability issue can he stay on the field for any length of time but yeah. when he's on the field he produces it's all he's ever done so braylon what about sanders, your boy
2: octavius cooley man i've been beating that drum for so long <laughs> from since when i i was uh, at the spirit man i remember you oh. and uh you and yancey being very high on cooley look cooley had a lot of good moments last year
0: yeah can you do it over the course of a full season He has to. He's the only tight end they have on campus that you rely on. But Jason Pellerin was pushing him in spring. I'm done, done, done trumpeting the potential of Octavius Cool. Is his his
2: head on straight? Is he going to be good?
0: He's been good. Been a good dude. Been
2: better. He was a mess his first two years. Yeah, he was.
0: (laughs) But he's been better. But the biggest change on defense, well, the switch to the 3-4. That's the biggest change. Uh, they're going to look different in that way. You're going to see Kadir Shepherd standing up, not having his hand in the dirt. Those will be changes. That'll be the biggest shift you'll see on defense is a complete overhaul
2: of philosophy and scheme. Is getting too excited about Muhammad Sanogo, is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? Because I'm like really pumped.
0: Well, that's you being an Ole Miss fan. That's great. <laughs> the,
2: hope springs eternal when you're a fan. I'm paid to be
0: cynical. What not do you think, though, but in, your, in your cynical uh I love movie. Momo. I think Momo is one of the few certainties on this team. Yeah. but He, he just seems like the have, type of linebacker they've
2: been missing for a while.
0: But he's going to need to have like a Patrick Willis-type impact, and he's not that player. No, that, no. I believe in Mohamed Sanogo. Sounds like a bumper sticker. I believe in <laughs> Momo. But I, 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 don't th- I don't think he's a transcendent, talented linebacker. Yeah. I think he's nope. a really good player. I think he's Jonathan Cornell. Hey, Jonathan Cornell was good. But he wasn't transcendent. He was, he was serviceable. No, he was more than serviceable. He was an all-league caliber player. But the problem On a good was, defense, you know. Oh, right, on a good defense. This defense yep. is not good. No. So you need Momo, who is an all-league caliber player, to be a transcendent talent. He's not Patrick Willis. Remember those teams? I do. Patrick Willis was the only thing you cared about. <laughs> that's why you went man he was
2: you watched the games to watch patrick willis chase down Darren mcfadden from behind yeah you're a, yeah you're just watching for patrick willis highlights because there wasn't much no outside of that
0: you've walked this path many times before it's a chance to think especially about your future how will you turn your retirement dreams into reality will you have enough gold for your golden years your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated fortunately you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions that's your modern woodman agent your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor.
2: Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs.
0: Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. At M Bullock seventy seven, does T D signing with the Raptors help Kermit have even more recruiting momentum? Absolutely.
2: Yes, big yeah, time. This is I the was, biggest thing that's happened to Ole Miss basketball in a long time to me. Yeah, way bigger than Ole Miss making it to the NCAA tournament last year. Like this is huge. I'm so excited for T Diddy. T Plums. Diddy. T Diddy. That's his name. Did you really just say T Diddy? I've been, dude. I've been, I've been trying to make it work. All right, it's, it's, it's not, not working. working. People aren't interacting with it. But you know what? I'm it's gonna happen. All right. I'm going to start saying it on air. It's going to work. Oh, God. It's
0: huge. Um, I was standing at practice the day before the NBA draft, and I talked to Kermit and Levi Watkins and Ronnie Hamilton and Win Case, and I asked that question. They all said the exact same thing. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And they thought he was going to get drafted. That's the information that Ole Miss was getting, that TD was getting, that his range, that he wouldn't fall past 42, and he went undrafted. And It sucked. It was a bummer, but then TD did what he's done all off season, leading up to the draft and then after the draft. He went out and performed in the NBA Summer League, and he signed with the Denver Nuggets. He bet on himself, didn't sign a two way deal, balled out, had a team high twenty two points. He was eight for thirteen from the field, made five of seven threes, and the Raptors signed him to a two year deal with a full one year guarantee, meaning yeah. that he's going Some, to be on the roster. He's going to play. Yeah, with someone the else rosters.
2: had a question. I think, uh, it's, it's, it, will he be on the fifteen man roster? Yes, yeah. like he's guaranteed. He's not a two way. He's not going to like you know he is there. He's on the roster.
0: He's a Toronto Raptor. And that's big because Ole Miss doesn't have an NBA presence. So does that help recruiting? Absolutely. What are the players when they're coming out, those highly recruited players that you're trying to sign, what are they looking for first and foremost? Not your Coliseum, not uh, the relationship with the coach, not the relationship with the players. First and foremost, where it starts, the NBA. Can you give me the NBA? And now Ole Miss can sell, look, TD was this when we got here. And now look where he is. He's in the rotation. He's on the 15-man roster of the Toronto Raptors, the defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors. That yep. 100% helps. Absolutely. A doubt. I mean, that's a big deal. Chandler, at W Crowlin. why'd Sean Spears turn on Cody like that? I didn't watch. He's talking about AEW. I didn't watch. I'm going to watch. I'm going to make sure to check it out. Is this just, wrestling? Yeah. There's a new no. wrestling promotion called AEW. Oh, wow. Are they good? Yeah, it's really awesome. But I had not got to watch than, the most Is recent. it better than the WWE? Oh, God. You taking his like, shit's better than WWE right now. Really? Yeah, it's bad. I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Chandler, <laughs> also, did Dak really poop his pants in the Egg Bowl?
2: Yes! You liked? Yes! I, yeah, yes! Yeah. There's no reason he just ran in without an injury and came back with different pants. I mean, that, that, that was definitely it. Yes, yes, he did.
0: And state fans hate when you met, but he did. If <laughs> Chad Kelly had pooped his pants. Do you think Mississippi State, Twitter, or the online community would have ever forgotten about that? No! Yes. Also, like, it's they not a big deal, pants. guys. It's
2: football. Like, dudes It's pissing, funny! Pissing poop pooping their pants all the time. Like, it happens.
0: I mean, if it's cool to poop your pants, I'm Miles Davis. <laughs> he poops his pants. Murph de Smurf that surfs. He has been all over this podcast. Best case, worst case for the big three sports this year. Best case for football, six and six. Worst case, 40. four and eight. I was going to say three and nine. <laughs> three and nine, sure. You know, basketball, best case, sweet 16. Worst case, the NIT. NCAA tournament. I mean, I think the worst case is a top seed in the NIT, but I don't think they're going to the NIT. I think they're going to the NCAA tournament. MVP for each of them, football, Matt Corral.
2: M- Momo Sinogo
0: for me. Oh, I didn't do baseball. Best and worst. Best, uh, hosting a regional. Worst. Not making NCAA tournament. They lost a lot. But MVP for football, Matt Corral, you say Momo. Basketball, Devontae Shuler. I'm going Devontae
2: Shuler. He's going to be a stud if it works out.
0: And in baseball, Doug Um, Overall national championships for all sports this year at Ole Miss. What? Um, Uh, Under one, I'm going with two national champions this year.
2: Um, Softball could be good again. But national champs? Yeah. I don't know what they're returning or any of that. I just know they were really good a year ago, and I watched some of their games. Um, I'm going under one. I don't think anybody's winning a national championship. I, like maybe in track, track and field? I, mean, I was going to do track, I think we're pretty good at. I but mean, I know
0: nothing about track
2: and field. Track and cross country. They're, they're, those are your national champions. Okay, fine, two. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. B-Ham
0: Ole Miss Club. Thoughts on season two of Barry? It was great. It's the best show on television. Dang, man. I'm still I'm still watching season one. Oh, I can't spoil it for Sudo. But he walks into the light on the stage to open season two and he walks into the dark to close it out. It's great. I don't want to spoil it for Sudo, so I can't get into the weeds with Barry, but Barry's the
2: best show on T V. Most awkward and best interview. Most awkward and best interview for me. Um best interview. Jeez, that's oh, that's a good one. I guess John ja Morant, like at the draft, that went a lot better than I expected. He seems like a good um, dude. Man, he's a great guy. Um he really, really seems like a great guy. But uh, yeah, th- I think that because just because I was like by, I was covering this event by myself, I had no help. Like I was lugging a tripod around. Welcome to local news, you know, in New York and running around the Barclays Center, just like sweating. And it's just it worked out. So that's why I think that was my best interview. Worst or most awkward interview. Um, Man, that's a great I question. I remember my most awkward interview. I'll never forget it. Is it my
0: first one on one interview. Oh, no. Second one on one interview. First or second, with I can't who, remember. With who? Mike Bianco. <laughs> Mike Bianco. Yeah, dude, I've had some awkward interviews with Mike Bianco. Back yeah. when I was in college, I was a huge Ole Miss fan. I went to do a one-on-one interview with Mike Bianco, yep. and this is back in the heyday of Ole Miss baseball: Stephen Head, Chris Coghlan, Zach Cozart. Ole Miss baseball was it. So I go to sit down with Mike Bianco. I walk into his office. This was back at the old Starn Center. He comes around his desk. He sits right beside me. I'm nervous. I'm a kid. Um, But I'm nervous, and I'm kind of starstruck because it's Mike Bianco. And for me, Mike Bianco was this huge, huge deal. Now he's just Mike Bianco. And um, he's a good dude. I like Mike. He's fine. We have a fine relationship. It's whatever. But anyway, so I'm sitting there by Mike. Before we got started, I went real quick, Coach, before we get going here, I just want to say, first of all, really appreciate you doing this. um, But it's such an honor to meet you and sit down with you. And, uh, you know, I I just want to say how much I appreciate you and, thank you for what you do. And he looked at me dead cold and he goes, I'm just a baseball coach. And boy, did that shatter the dreams of little old Ben Garrett. They said, never meet your heroes, man. <laughs> I was like, Oh God. <laughs> and it was hard to recover. Cause then my palms are getting sweaty. I'm like, "Uh Oh, uh, Oh, okay. Coach. Oh uh. no. It was bad. It
2: was so bad. My most awkward interview. I has been so many like, the, the one I can think of at the top of my head right now is Deontay Davis. This is a guy, I mean, you guys probably know Deontay Davis, um, anyone that knows basketball. He played for the Grizzlies, and he just was a, an awful interview. Like, the guy just could not do interviews, and it was always super awkward. You'd come up with these, like, he'd come out and have a crazy game, like, every now and then, and you'd be like, wow, Deontay Davis, like, he might actually be getting good. And you'd have all these crazy good uh, questions for him, and he'd just give you, like, little one-liners back. And it was just always super awkward, and crickets and not fun.
0: So I'm stumbling all over myself with Mike Bianco. I still to this day believe that he remembers it. So every time I talk to Mike, and this is regularly, I cover baseball every single day now. So I see Mike all the time, and I'm one of the first people and only people to ask him questions. It's usually me chasing Rippey and perished. I still every day when I talk to him think, I know he remembers that. I know he does. So there's this little smirk on his face. I'm thinking, is he remembering? Is he remembering that awkward first encounter between me and Mike Bianco? Does he know? Maybe that's my own insecurity, but it's funny. That's never gonna leave me. I will always remember that. He <laughs> looked me dead cold, just a baseball coach. Oh, okay. Oh okay, okay, coach. At Gant eight go rebs. How long after a movie releases in theaters is it okay to publicly talk about it on social platforms? I'd say three weeks. Yeah, that sounds about fair. Jared Robinson. Do you think Auburn's success in the NCAA tournament last year will play into the hype of Ole Miss Basketball? Yes since they are similar in the way that both teams can go 10 deep or not all four and five stars and have veteran backcourts. Yes. I absolutely believe that. And good coaching. It. Yeah, I think so. Do I think Ole Miss is going to make a final four run? No, but when case came on this podcast two weeks ago and straight up said, if we don't at least make the sweet 16, it's going to be a disappointment to me. And there's a belief that this Ole Miss basketball team can make some noise and be good. But the SEC is going to be really strong again, maybe even better this year than they were last year. They have a lot of good coaches, a lot of deep teams but Ole Miss basketball is going to be right in the thick of it. They're much improved after last year. Last year's team made the NCAA tournament, and that's still unfathomable to me. Tyler Slay, does TD's contract mean he's for sure on the 15-man roster? Yes. Does he play the rest of the summer league games for the Raptors? Yes.
2: Tailgate Rebel, what is the ceiling for Kermit Davis during his time at Ole Miss? Um, You know, he's he's the type of coach that, given the right talent, can make a Final Four run at a school like Ole Miss. We're talking ceilings.
0: Yeah, ceiling, yeah. Am I saying that's
2: going to happen? No, but that's possible because of who he is and how he coaches and his system.
0: My belief in the ceiling of Kermit Davis, no less than matching the greatest accomplishment in Ole Miss basketball history, and that's a Sweet 16. I'm not saying that he can't do better than that, and that's where it gets tricky when you're talking about ceilings. I just feel like, at worst, he can match the greatest accomplishment in Ole Miss basketball history. That's not a ceiling, but... It'd be hard for me to predict elite eight, elite uh, you know, final four because Ole Miss has never gotten there before.
2: Right, I'm just saying, like, given what he's got, because like, no, I agree. With, I, but see, I agree. Was with you. Yeah. on his way to becoming this like national coach type guy at Texas A&M before all the recruiting stuff. That's why he ended up at Middle Tennessee for so long. So you know, the guy would have been a big deal, bigger deal than he is at this point, anyways. Yeah, it's just hard for me to envision that because that's uncharted territory for Ole Miss basketball.
0: Yeah. But do I think that could be Kermit Davis' ceiling? Yes, but it's Ole Miss yes. basketball. That's still a part of me, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's still in my in, ingrained in my system to where that seems so crazy an idea, but for Kermit Davis, that doesn't seem crazy. So I feel safe in saying matching at least the greatest accomplishment in Ole Miss basketball history, and that's the Swiss 16. I believe that to be 100% a possibility as early as this year. I think they're that good. Dan Rogers, thoughts on Terrence signing with the Raptors? We covered that. I think there's a real opportunity there. I do, too. He's changed himself into a 3-and-D wing. So, yeah, I think there's a real opportunity. Josh, at Rebels Braves, what moves do you think the Braves make at the break or July deadline? At least one starter and at least one reliever. Will Smith, Madison Bumgarner, Ken Giles, Sean Green. Nick Castellanos could play into it. There are a lot of ways they could go, but for sure a starter and for sure a bullpen arm. And Dan Rogers. What's your thought on two Ole Miss commits that had their star ranking drop immediately after committing to Ole Miss? Why is anybody surprised anymore?
2: Not surprised, yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time, guys. Like, there's a, Not just for Ole Miss, but it had like, when G- DJ Jeffries decommitted from Kentucky and went to Memphis, his rankings dropped. Like, that just happens. When you're not That's- Alabama and you're
0: not Clemson and you're not LSU, the true top ten blue bloods, what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> what you- Seriously. What do you expect? Um, I, do I think it's a deliberate attack or an affront to Ole Miss? Not necessarily. Do I think it's deep-rooted biases playing into it? Yes. Yes. I don't begrudge those people for making those choices, but as human beings, we're all flawed. So, yes. It has to do with Ole Miss not being a true blue blood in the minds of those who do the rankings. Do I think it matters? Not at all. No. As long as you have the talent, whatever, man. Yeah. You have to believe in Tyler Siski and Matt Luke and their belief in their evaluations and recruiting. And you've heard Tyler Siski on this podcast, Brendan Chapman. A lot of people talk about Ole Miss recruiting. You should have confidence in him. They should get the business. What does Brennan now. do now? Brennan is the number two to Tyler Siski. They wow, run the recruiting dude. office. Brennan's awesome. I like
2: Brennan. Good yeah, dude. Good dude.
0: Grove Croup, number one, your take on Sean Robinson. Does he come in August? Cat's out of the bag. Yes. Does this for sure mean that Breakfield will be in the 2020 class? Not necessarily, but most likely Yes. Number two, prediction on next year starting five did that. And number three, Hoagland had a so-so freshman year. That's an understatement. Any reason, in your opinion, what does he need to work on this summer and in fall camp? Well, this summer, he's not pitching. He's DHing and playing first base for Seminole County, uh, the Seminole County Scorpions in the Florida League. So um, as far as pitching is concerned, not much to work on except in bullpen sessions. But to get better, his fastball is flat. It's not particularly hard. But his breaking ball stuff, he can't locate it. There's not a lot of bite to it. So he has to sharpen his off speed. If he sharpens his off speed, if he tightens it up, and if his fastball cannot be on such a downward flat plane, he could be something. I just was never enamored with Gunnar Hoagland. When you watch him and Doug Nikhazy, it's totally different. The talent disparity seems different. The approach seems different. I don't know what made Gunnar Hoagland, quite frankly, a first-round pick by the Pirates based on... Uh, watching him for a full season in the talent. Do I think he's really talented? Yes, but I'm not convinced right now that he's not going to be a better position player than he's a pitcher. I, I just didn't see the improvement you need to see with his breaking stuff. But you've seen it time and time again. The biggest improvement, well, year one to year two in baseball, seeing him take another step would not be surprising at all. You see it all the time. And I could see him easily make the uh, adjustments he needs to make under Mike Bianco and Carl Lafferty and be a great pitcher next year. They need him to be. Because if he's not, uh, they're up a creek as far as their weekend rotation. Houston Roth is gone. I, was, I told every one of y'all what was going to happen with the draft. When those guys got drafted, they were all gone. They are all gone. There's no Zach Phillips. There's no Houston Roth. There's no safety net. So Gunnar Huglin needs to be good. That's it.
2: That's the mailbag. Oh, we got one more. Uh, Steven Oob says, uh, if the oh. U.S. men's national team play the U.S. women's national team head-to-head, what do you think the results would be? Uh, the, men oh, would, the men would win. The men, the men would, would win. win um it has nothing to do with beliefs or any of that stuff it's just straight up the the men's team is going to be better um
0: yeah i mean i cheer for the women but the men will
2: win yeah yeah Yeah. i think the women should be paid the same amount and all the you know all the stuff but yeah the men men would win yeah yeah christian pulisic would would go to town he would he would have a bunch of goals did you have fun i had a great time man i always love coming on man it's been a while. It's always uh it's always good to reconnect with the people that uh that got me to where I am, man. So Which is Channel Five in Memphis. What are you working on today? Nothing, dude. Today's my day off. So I, oh. I'm uh, my weekends are usually like Monday, Tuesdays or Tuesday, Wednesdays, just random days. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a trip up to Oxford, hang out with some people. Um, you know. Well, Enjoy tell the life. people where okay. they can find your stuff, where they can check you out on Twitter, all that good You, you can, can find add-on. my stuff at Sudu Upadea on Twitter. If you can't spell it, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Just go to Ben's uh, Ben's Twitter account. I'm sure he'll have me tagged into the podcast link. Uh, you can watch Channel 5 if anybody still watches local news. Uh, Channel 5, 805 on Comcast for the HD uh, viewers. <laughs> um <laughs> I am a weekend sports anchor primarily, so uh, Saturdays 6 and 10, Sundays 5 and 10. You can catch me here in the week, randomly. Um, yeah, man, that's really it. Okay. That's the whole shtick. I didn't expect a full-on plug, but boom, I got it. Yeah, if you, if you want to follow, there it is. If you don't, it's okay. I don't judge you or I won't blame you for that. Well, thanks for coming on, man. miss you, buddy. Miss you too, Benjamin. We got to hang out sometime. And when I mean hang out, I don't mean like meeting up in the press box of some random game. You've never met my kids. Uh, have I not met your kids? No. I thought I met Gracie once. No. Hey, you might have met Gracie once. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe I spoke on the phone with her. That's. I think. If you're confused one. by the spelling
0: of Sudu's last name, don't be ashamed. When I be. ask Siri to call Sudu, she calls him Sudu Upethaye. <laughs> And it always makes me laugh. Sudu hates his name being mispronounced. Hates it.
2: I don't hate it. You hate it. I don't. I, I'm used to it. I hate it from people that should know. You know what I mean? So you only like, get mad at me when I'm joking with you. Yeah, like if, if you don't know how to do it. But like I wouldn't even be mad in person. I'd be mad if you're like introducing me like on air or something. Like, oh,
0: Coach Freeze. This is Sudo uh, Upad Haye? Hay- Hay- yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That I'd be like, really, Ben? Really? Yeah. yeah. Sudo Upadaya. To this right, day,
0: old Miss Spirit subscribers, and he was with us for a while, don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not sure his heck can't spell it. But Sudo's easy to spell. Sudo's easy to spell and
2: easy to say. You need to Won't change you? your name to John
0: Smith. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you.
2: Thank you for having me, Ben. Thank you, Spirit subscribers, for listening. Um, and uh, hopefully, you guys will have me back on. God, it sounded so sad. Just be excited. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Anytime.